For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan from ProjectLifeMastery.com, and today I'm excited to introduce you guys to Michael Esty who is a super successful Amazon seller. Uh, He has a pretty incredible story to share with you guys about his journey. Um, To give you guys some context, uh, he started off doing sales and selling products at trade shows. He's eventually got into selling products on Amazon and joined the amazing selling machine. He was able to build his Amazon account to $30,000 a month in sales in two months. And then uh, in his first year, he built that to $89,000 a month in sales. The second year, he went on to $150,000 a month in sales, and it just kept doubling every single year. Uh, He eventually built it to $500,000 a month in sales, and now he has 15 Amazon accounts selling products internationally with 22 virtual assistants full-time, 24 full-time staff, and he's now merged his business with other businesses and now built up a $15 million physical product empire. So, Michael, thank you for joining, man. I'm excited to hear your story and for you to share with my audience. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, uh, when you put it that way, it definitely sounds uh, really good and uh, really fun and easy. Uh, it was definitely a uh, journey, uh, I could say, getting there. Um, to tell you a little background of how I actually got there, um, I actually started selling products uh, one-on-one uh, when I was 18. So I was a one-on-one salesman, um, and that's how... Uh, I got into learning how people buy products uh, to, from me directly. So then obviously from there, I got really familiar with the industry. And that's sort of how I started out when I was an 18-year-old trying to make a quick buck and trying to get my rent paid, you know? <laughs> so, but from there, um, uh, definitely, uh, as I continue, I was a traveling salesperson selling products at trade shows one-on-one. I did that for eight years. And I, tr- I was, um, if you ever seen the movie, uh, up in the air with George Clooney, like he's in an airplane three times a week. That was my life. Hotels and airplanes was home a few weeks a year. I had a small apartment. 
And I did that for so long. And, and it took me eight years to figure out that the company that I was working for was taking 75% of the money while I was getting 25% of the money. So and I thought that's just how it worked, right? So then uh, eventually, yeah, starting my own business, uh, I thought, well, they're getting all this money. I can, I can do that myself. So I got a manufacturer and private labeled some products, started doing my own trade shows. And uh, I realized um, I was not making any money because I know how to purchase the booth of the trade show, pay for the staff, pay for the product. And so I was getting way less than my original 25%. Then I had to keep reinvesting and booking more trade shows to a point where I was just going more into debt and not making enough money. So that's when uh, online sales obviously hit my radar and my interest. So that's uh, how I actually got interested in selling on Amazon in the first place. Yeah. So, so how did you discover Amazon and, and how long ago was this? Uh, this was, I think it was four years ago. It was actually, yeah, it's 25, I'm 29 now. Uh, so it was 25. And uh, what ended up happening was I just had worked at a, a trade show. Uh, we didn't, we didn't do very well. Um, it was for my own, my, one of my first trade shows for my own brand that I started. Um, and then, so I had to go to compensate for us not doing very well. I really needed income. Uh, I need to pay my rent. Right. So then I had to go and work for a trade show for a different company. Um, and then someone there was mentioning, uh, something about selling on Amazon. And it was actually a friend of mine in my local community. And, uh, then they, um, basically told me about the amazing selling machine course. And now at that point I had listed one of my products on Amazon just because I wanted to see what happened. I also listed on eBay, right? So to see if I can get some extra sales, whatever. I just threw it up there, listed it. And it was making, uh, maybe a sale a day or something on itself. And I was like, but I did not know how to get it to make five sales a day. I did not know there was advertising. I did not know anything about a seller central account. So when I learned that there was a course that actually taught you all that stuff and it was extensive and it was eight week long course, you know, amazing selling machine. Uh, that's what I heard about. I didn't have any money and I was already in debt and I had a, a very small credit card. I only had like two credit cards at the time. So I took that and I was like, I'm in. So I maxed out my credit card, put together some cash and figured out uh, how to buy. It was an expensive course, right? So I had to figure out how to buy it. I just went in all in. Um, so then after I finished that and I bought that at the trade show that I was at, uh, midday. So then, um, when I got back, I think I was in Minneapolis and when I got back to my home, uh, I logged in the course and started whatever parts of it I could and, uh, then had to go back to work and not all the modules were released yet. So, uh, of the course, but I did as much as I could, went back to work for a little bit, did another trade show. And, um, then as the advertising part of the modules were released, I was like, I already had a product listed that I just had. So I mean, it was, it was usually people didn't have that already, right? But I did. And uh, so I put, I, I literally stayed up sometimes, I think until four in the morning, studying the course, trying to play with Amazon seller account, trying to play with Google, trying to play with anything I can get my hands on, whether it's Facebook ads. I didn't know anything about anything. I was not internet savvy, but I just played. And I was playing, it was my playground, right? So I was playing around with it. Sometimes till four or five o'clock in the morning, I get up at 9 a.m. the next day and do it all over again. And uh, learning stuff as I, you know, by trial and error, a lot of it, and uh, by using the tools in the course that were given to me. So, but uh, yeah, I built that first product up to 10000 a month. And by doing a lot of random things, I mean, it was sort of 
I mean, I was doing everything from press releases to Google ads to that seller account to Facebook ads that I was just creating myself, trying to figure out if they can drive traffic. So I started playing with Amazon PPC a little bit, pay-per-click advertising, um, anything I can get my hands on basically. So I got that account to 10 grand. That's how I, and then I saw that was a golden ticket. Wait a minute. I got one product selling $10,000 a month by not even knowing what the hell I was doing. So of course, yeah. Uh, I thought that was it. It's it's a ticket. Ticket. Much it's different than selling on trade shows too, right? It must have been a huge, totally different experience than going selling products individually one at a time. Oh yeah, I mean, I the obviously for me, I was trying so hard for so long to get out of the exhausting one-on-one sales that I was doing um, for with the, it was exhausting. You're talking to people for sometimes ten minutes, twenty minutes, all day, every day, sometimes for sixteen hours a day at these trade shows. And, um, you're just going and going and going and hustling and hustling and hustling. So getting one single product sold sometimes took forever. And I'm just trying to sell one at a time, or sometimes I'd sell, you know, kits or packages, which was, I love those. But the second I learned that this was selling by itself automatically with a few button clicks on a computer while I'm having coffee, like, whoa, that was eye opening. Wow. So, um, you already, uh, I'd love to hear actually just around your mindset around this because a lot of people in that situation that you're in uh, that are broke, that are struggling, they, they don't invest in the course. They're not committed to doing whatever it takes like, like you did. Um, what, what fueled you? Like what was your motivator that allowed you to do whatever it took? Because I know part of your story, man, you worked like 18 hours a day. You, you, you found a way to come up with the money to pay for it and a credit. What, you would do whatever it took. And I think that mentality is what has allowed you to become so successful today. So what would you say around that mindset? Did you have to develop that or were you just like desperate and willing to try anything or what would you say that was? Um, I mean, it was definitely a lot of necessity in there. Um, not only um, did I, I mean, I lived in a little tiny apartment. Um, I did have drive and I did think that I had the capability to make it big or make something big happen. I mean, when I was a salesman, I was always, usually 99% of the time, the top salesman for the company. So I had, but even at the top salesman, you wouldn't make much money because, you know, you're only really working three, four days a week and you have weeks off because there's no trade shows. So, you know, kind of cap at like maybe 50 grand a year. So, you know, as your personal income. So I was like, so, but I, starting my own company and wanting to do my own thing um, put me in a debt. And because I guess I had that debt and uh, was accumulating more debt and then also the debt of the course. And um, then also, uh, I guess it could sum it up to just financial necessity and uh, drive to be something bigger, right? I wanted to be a bigger man, a bigger person. I wanted to grow, right? So, I mean, there's that, there's that drive too, but I guess more of the, the keyword at the time, and I could say the key, the key phrase that I would say that was the most uh, driving things to success was I was interested. I was interested in the business. I was interested in that I would play with the mouse and the keyboard, and I'd play with the computer, and I'd play with Facebook, and I'd play with Google, and I'd immediately see a spike in sales. It's like for me to press buttons – this is my mentality at the time for me to press buttons and do that got me really interested in it. It was kind of like, and of course, if you're so interested in something that it excites you and it gives you that kind of butterfly in your stomach type feeling, you can't do anything but think about it. Right. And that's kind of, I guess the mentality behind 
pretty much all my growth is there's a combination of necessity, drive, and interest. And those, I think, are the three main factors that kind of got me always working those 18-hour days because I couldn't think about watching TV. There's sales to be made on the internet, right? Yeah, that's interesting. It's always that dollar. For sure. Now, you were already kind of selling on Amazon. Um, you were getting some sales, but you decided to join the Amazing Selling Machine because you wanted – you didn't know how to market your products. You didn't know how to, um, I guess, make more money from that. Was a lot of it like what you learned from ASM, uh, like how helpful was it for you? Because like I know like a lot of people might th- think ASM is more for you know newbies because uh, you know the first few modules are maybe teaching you how to get a product up there. Um, so was a lot of that kind of repetitive for you or did you learn a lot just about that process? Because I know you have many other products that you sell now, uh, different Amazon accounts and whatnot. So how, how beneficial was the course for you? Uh, I mean, I would say very beneficial, even the first few modules because yeah, I mean, for sure. I threw products up. I threw a product up and I figured out how to do that after a few hours. But um, it uh, doesn't mean I did it right. I mean, I kind of, again, it was all trial and error. When I, before I did uh, the Amazing Selling Machine course, it was definitely a trial and error thing. So I threw a product up. I figured out how to do that. I was very proud of myself for just figuring out how to, you know, with the UPC code and all the product coding and all that stuff that you have to put into there, which is actually very simple. It's just the time. I was like, what does that mean? What's the UPC code? Oh, wait, people. Oh, that's the barcode you have in the grocery store, you know? So figuring that out and then actually doing the course uh, opened my eyes to, uh, oh, the right way to do, you know, putting a product in Amazon. Um, also in finding the product. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of creative ideas came from that the first few modules of finding the right product in the course. So, and that's actually how I got my second product um, was from doing those first few modules. So yes, I had a product up already, but, uh, and I already had niched the product a little bit. So it wasn't just like a broad category. It was a very particular niche that I found. Um, and so by doing the course though, it opened my eyes to like, wait a minute, there's all these other opportunities for other products too. So I obviously going through that in the beginning, I was able to one, modify my current product to be better. And then two, write down the next products that I wanted to launch or things that I was interested in launching, et cetera. So, and then of course, then optimizing the listing the correct way with, you know, um, the words in the front and the bullet points and the images and all that stuff too. Yeah. I didn't, I had, I think one image up when I first started. So that was uh, very helpful as well. You know, I, I, I can definitely relate. A, a lot of people that I see, they try to go about this, but they have no idea what they're doing. And so sure enough, they're making mistakes along the way. Um, they have no idea how to actually optimize their listing or how to launch their product or get sales for it. Or, you know, they make so many mistakes, I think, and especially around the research phase and just identifying the right markets, the right keywords, the right products, because you make that mistake and it's going to be very hard to sell a market that product if you don't identify the right market for it. Um, I'd love to hear just kind of more of the story. Like you join ESM, uh, your, your first product, you built it up to 10,000 a month. How did you, what was the kind of the growth that you had from there to getting to where you are now? I'll tell you. So this is uh, what got this is where it got really exciting for me. I mean, it was already exciting, but this is where um, it got definitely not more interesting. So um, it was actually in December of I think 2000. Uh, what is it? 14. Um, yeah, December 2014. Uh, I was actually sort of on, uh, or it was in late November actually. I was on a sort of Christmas month long travel vacation type thing with some family and stuff. And, and I couldn't help but always do my laptop and 
just playing around with things and checking things out. Um, so I found, and then I found, um, I think on the bestseller list, or I was actually using a tool from, uh, uh, a software program that helped me kind of like jungle scouts, uh, back then it was something else they were, I was using. And then I found this, uh, niche of a product and I actually didn't necessarily do like a ton of research into how the calculation of the sales of that niche or anything. I just said, I know how to make this. And I know how to make this product into a real thing, but I know how to make it better, right? So I just had an idea while I was sitting on a couch, I can make this same product, but even better. And, um, and then, and hit it to a target audience that no one's ever done before. So it's technically a product that's already existing, but it's never been done like this before. So, uh, at that point I just scrambled and figured out how to put that product together um, from my existing supplier, um, and they didn't make it yet. So I had to just kind of, uh, and I just pushed them to make it. I just came up with a name for it real quick on the spot. And I was a shoot first, ask questions later type guy. Absolutely. Like I was just boom, boom, boom. And, uh, so I put that, so I finally in, and that was in November. And then like two weeks into December, I got that product live. I just hustled that product on Amazon, got the inventory shipped, et cetera. And, uh, then I did all the same things in terms of strategy of getting that product to make sales, um, you know, advertising it, the, uh, social media advertising on, et cetera. And, and then that product took off. Um, so it was, and this was what was so great. I love this about Amazon. I mean, I saw like my daily sales, they were at like, you know, three, 400 bucks. Um, sometimes, and then they all of a sudden shot to $1,200. Right. And it was literally in a, in a quick, period, a thousand, 1200. I was like, whoa, from the second product. Right. So obviously it was like, okay, so the second product was way more successful than the first. And then I kept, of course, with those two products, I kept, there's more tactics that I found to keep growing them. So, which I did. And so the sales kept growing just with those two. But of course, now I saw the system and I saw how it worked. So naturally, uh, my eyes turned into money signs and, that point, uh, I started launch, I launched another product, and that was another niche that I found the same way. It was a gap; no one was selling it, and it was a product that had tons of search volume that just no one was selling. So I just filled the hole in the market, and uh, that product took off. So my first three products were very successful. Since that time, I've launched a lot of unsuccessful products. So, but a lot of successful ones too. It's uh, so those first three I uh, I did early on in the market. And, uh, before it, before, uh, uh, those niches were sort of filled and then now, and then I, I kept on with that same strategy of just throwing things up there, throwing things up that didn't work as well. I actually didn't put a lot of research in the next products because I already, already had a built up revenue stream. So now I started to get a bit lazy with it. So then I actually went back to the proper way of launching products and then a lot more took off after that. So eventually I got my accounts, um, up to, yeah, producing, it was, you know, I remember my first goal is like, if I ever hit a hundred thousand a month, I made it like, it's it for me. Like I I'm retiring, you know, like this, that's a hundred thousand dollars a month. And once I got there, I was like, Ugh, this is awful. A hundred thousand a month is nothing. All right. So let's, all right, 250. All right. That's our new goal. We got 250 now. All right. So, uh, and a couple of times I've had a, a product shut down and this and that and problems and, uh, doing things incorrectly. And of course, my sort of trial and error gunning it uh, mode didn't work as well at that point, especially now that I have 
a business and LLC. And so, um, but as I kept going, um, of course I just persisted through all the problems and the, I'd run out of inventory and, uh, all these fun things you're just going to encounter naturally in business and then running out of funding. I'm like, wait a minute. Now I have to reinvest because we're growing so fast. But once I got to that hundred grand a month point, I was, uh, I was great. We hit it. And then now the 250, and that was a tough stretch for me. That one, 100 to 250 was a really tough stretch. It actually took me a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, and I actually, when I got to a hundred thousand a month, I actually decreased a little bit. I went back down to 80, 70, and then I had to quickly revert it and try new marketing strategies. But eventually after some new product launches and that, then I got it up to 250, uh, with, some late nights, some hard work, some seven days a week consistently for weeks at a time. But, you know, that's all that's kind of like uh, my what was fun for me is that kind of game of it. You know, I wanted it was a game. I was like, OK, I have this goal 250. Let's hit it. I want to win, you know. So when I got to that point, then um, uh, it was I, I won that I won the goal. I won that game for 250. And the same thing happened again. I was like, oh, 250 is nothing. I know sellers doing a million a month. So I was like, I'm a little baby seller right now. So of course, now the game becomes competing against the bigger sellers. Oh, he's doing a million? I'm going to do a million, right? So, or he's doing 500,000? I'm going to do 500,000. So then it just became sort of competitive for me. I wanted to see if I could win. Uh, and then um, after many more product launches, more advanced tactics and strategies, started learning more and more, going to conferences, going to ASM events, going to masterminds. Uh, eventually I definitely hit, uh, that mark. And when I hit that, I was like, cool. All right. Oh, this is exhausting. <laughs> so, uh, I decided to, um, gear up to, oh, what if I want to sell this one day? I built this, all these up and all these products, but I don't want to sell just this business. I want to build a whole empire, right. And then sell that. Cause this is not going to be, I'm not going to be happy just selling this little business that I built. It's a little small business technically. So anyway, and then I ended up uh, merging with other companies and um, then uh, now sort of now in the corporate structure world of running multiple Amazon accounts. So now that was the one Amazon account that I had. So now I ended up, I'm running, um, uh, what is it? Total of 15 seller accounts. And of course that includes like European accounts, uh, Germany, Italy, France, Spain, et cetera. Um, and then also multiple brands. I have now, now I have listed, um, a thousand, no, 1200, 1200 SKUs available on amazon.com websites, et cetera. Probably about, I think there's nine or 10 different websites and landing pages. I mean, all that built out, but, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot of hard work, but it was a big payoff. So let me ask you, was your approach more, I'm just going to publish or, or, uh, launch a bunch of these random products that are kind of like all unrelated to each other? Or was it more, I'm going to build a national brand of, uh, you know, a collection of a few products and like a fitness brand, for example, of a few products, like what approach did you take around that? Well, the, the approach was the brand building approach. So, I mean, essentially, um, like I'm in, um, the beauty categories and health and personal care categories and consumables. So I'm very, very big into consumables. So obviously we have a lot of, uh, loyal customers. We've had some customers that have bought uh, products from us you know, 40, 50 times, uh, as a consumable. So obviously we had a brand already. Um, so, and, um, I started off with, uh, one brand added a second brand. And, um, from that, obviously it grew into another 
And then as I merged, another company it became like seven or eight brands. And now it's uh, like 12 or 13 brands. But it was definitely every product that was added was related to the brand. Uh, so it, and it was based on and a lot of the time there's uh, there was the shotgun approach. Like, I think the customer said that we should make this. So let's research it a little bit. You know, we'll throw in a little bit of research into it, a few minutes. But I think it'll be a great product. So we just kind of, it was at that point with the resources we had in manufacturing, it was really easy to just throw up products. So, of course, we shotgunned the market to see uh, what would hit, what would stick. And some things really did, and they stuck hard. And then um, a lot of things didn't. So, uh, that's, there's definitely a lot of failed products we had to get rid of because we shotgunned it. We wouldn't, we didn't do, and also sometimes we had so many products going, we didn't just put deep efforts into marketing on them. We just want to see if Amazon would let them, would, would hit them for us. Right. So, cause Amazon's such a beast that sometimes you can throw something on there and throw a few ads to it and all of a sudden, boom, but more often than not nowadays, it's not going to work that way. So you definitely have to put some marketing into it and some love and some care and some, and uh, actual traffic and all that stuff. So nowadays, we're definitely more on that approach uh, when launching a product. So we definitely take a uh, little bit more time on the market research, a lot more time on a product launch. So now we, we have these brands that have been around for a long time. We want customers to have, we want to do a pre-launch. We want customers to know about it before it's coming out. We want to actually be a real brand and uh, give our customers all the information about what we're doing, you know? So that's kind of the approach we're taking now as opposed to the shotgun. Yeah. Now you've uh, mentioned you've had a lot of failures and challenges. I'd love to hear what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced and what are some of the lessons that you've learned from them? You know, I'd say overall the, the, the biggest challenge, there's several, but the biggest challenge was, I mean, it's kind of like for me, it was if you put a dollar in a slot machine, you get $3 back. What are you doing with the $3? You're putting it back in the slot machine to get your nine, right? And that keeps going. So how are you going to get paid? If eventually if you want to keep doing that forever, right? Um, well, that's sort of how growing a brand new business was. So the biggest challenge was financial um, and the stresses of we. If we are, if you're growing from thirty to one hundred thousand, and you got to support all the the he, the heavier inventory orders, where's the money going to come from? Now, and this is the interesting sort of catch-22 of a business anywhere, and America actually has it easier, uh, is that if you need to finance that next inventory order, that now you have to order triple the amount of inventory order before, you know, where's the money going to come from? Well, you can go to a bank, but they don't like supporting businesses that have been, business, that have been in business for less than a year, you know? So that's sort of like the sort of catch-22 of a brand new business, but you get really clever. And you figure stuff out when you need that money for that next inventory order and you know it's going to make you money, you find ways, you find friends, you find uncles, you find parents, you find whoever can support you. And this because you you see it, right? You see the numbers like, of course, you're not going to let yourself run out of inventory. So and that became some of the most hardcore hair pulling stuff that happened along the way is the finances. And now because I spent spent all my time working on the business, I didn't have a second job. So I had to also support myself. So and then figure out how to do that while and pulling money on the business to pay my bills and everything else too while trying to do the inventory order. So that was the hardest challenge. The second biggest, uh, and that's that can be overcome with being clever and bright and having a lot of bright ideas. And 
when you, you get bright ideas very often when you're growing a business because you kind of have to. Um, so the second challenge was um, dealing with uh, the managing of the business. Um, I mean, keeping track of everything. I mean, you have to obviously delegate as best you can, but I mean, it took me uh, years to properly delegate stuff that I had a hard time letting go of, um, such as managing my own inventory, managing my own advertising, managing customer service. Like I know I'm going to do it better because I'm going to have that care factor more than most other people because it's mine. But I throw someone else in there and I'm like, are they really going to do the same job I'm doing? Like, but you got to train them and trust them. And, you know, and that was a hard part. Um, and it was definitely challenging and exhausting to I have to do a lot of screen recording. So I had to record myself a lot to properly delegate a lot of those hats that I was wearing. But eventually I got and then eventually I got it done. Um, so and then there's all the managerial, you know, day to day operations of managing the business. And there's also the legal parts of managing the business, you know, the proper filings, the tax tax filings, the states. Etc. And you have to kind of figure your way through that because you know you don't get taught that stuff in high school, so you don't get taught that stuff any anywhere today. Even in college, really, and you can learn a little bit about it. But the proper way to own a business and to keep up to legal standards of your state and all that stuff—that was a whole nother challenge to overcome. But you get bright and you figure out and you find people and you find connections and you're gonna get some help from wherever you can, and then eventually you work your way through it. Those are definitely some of the challenges of owning a business, though. For sure. Yeah. And I think also because you've, you've decided to scale it so big, right? Like you've had this ambition to continue to grow it. Do you think someone, maybe they didn't, they, like maybe there's like a, a stay-at-home mom that's watching this right now. They don't have that desire, but there's looking at maybe this could, maybe there's going to make 10000 a month and, and it's going to be a great um, opportunity for them to, you know, be at home with their kids and they don't really have that desire. Or do you think like maybe there's that temptation once it starts to grow you feel like compelled to continue to grow it and scale it up? Or do you think you could have just like at a certain point, you know what, I'm happy with this. You know, this, you know, this is enough. You know, it's an interesting question. I've heard multiple opinions from multiple people or, you know, perspectives on this exact point is I have met people that have gotten to their, their 30,000 a month and they were happy. Uh, and they're like, well, that's all I really want to do. And I don't want any more stress with that. And it's actually more rare that you find that. I mean, uh, a lot of the people I talk to, they're like at, you know, let's say they're at 90 or 100,000 a month or 50,000 a month. And they're like, oh, I know I need to grow it. I need to make it bigger. Oh, I just tend to do this. And they get a little stressed out because they start thinking about growth and they have to do it. So the, I'd say 90% of the time people do want to grow it bigger. There are the 10% that kind of just want to are happy and relax and they even want to keep their day job. They just want a side income. So uh, they're absolutely out there. And, um, if they want to be a stay at home mom and build something on the side, but I mean, I can tell you with most human beings, it's like, if you see a 10,000 a month thing, if you see $10,000 a month being generated in sales and you know, you a little bit of a strategy to get to 15,000 a month, you're going to probably want to try that strategy. I mean, it's, it's very enticing and tempting, you know? So it's like, you might sit on the, on the rest on your laurels for a little bit and be happy with a 10. But eventually you're going to get bored and you're going to want the 15 and 20. So, I mean, but it's up to the person entirely. I mean, and the great thing about an Amazon business, particularly, uh, or even an e-commerce business, is it is automated. And many parts of it are automated. Growth isn't necessarily automated. You can get it to be automated. But uh, Amazon actually establishes 
most of the organization for you. They ship out your product. They handle a lot of your customer service for you. Uh, they handle a lot of the logistics and even management of your company for you. And that's the brilliance of uh, leaving you with a lot of extra time, whether you want to stay home with your kids or uh, grow your business, because it gives you that time to actually grow your business or stay home with your kids because half the work's done for you. Now, I know you uh, mentioned that you've launched a lot of products. Some of them have been successful. Some of them have failed. What are the certain patterns you've noticed like what makes the difference between a product you found that succeeds and does really well versus one that doesn't do as well? Uh, great question. So I think uh, the criteria for a product that did really well is a product that um, the products that actually still do really well are a product that filled a hole in the market. Um, so, and now a hole doesn't mean like, Hey, there's all these searches for it and nobody uh, has any product related to that. Uh, it was taking something that was already highly searched and then changing it to be something no one's ever seen before um, or a new version of that thing. And those are always our most successful products. That, the successful, the unsuccessful products that we uh, tried with a sort of shotgun approach are very broad category products that sort of a lot of people are selling the exact same thing. Um, and so we didn't actually hit an audience with it. We just sort of hit everybody with it. Um, so what we found to be the right products are products that filled um, a gap in the market. And it's not like we invented them or anything. It's not like we had to go and, you know, reinvent the wheel or, you know, um, or try to mold a whole new product or invention. We just, some, we took something that already existed and we made it better and made parts of it something that hasn't really been seen or done, or even if it has been done, hasn't how many sellers have done it, you know? So that's one thing uh, we sort of researched that actually went into the best selling products that we have. Um, so that's and what happens is a lot of the times, obviously we got really ambitious and I launched a lot of new stuff without using that same method and criteria. And that was became unsuccessful products. They just hit broad categories that sort of applied to every single human being on planet earth or um, every single person in that particular market, it was just too broad of an audience. So, and that's basically what we violated. We violated our own formula of what was already successful for us. Great. We took that and made it into something and changed it. And then we sold it. And then everybody, and then the people in that market wanted it because it never existed. So it was sort of, um, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, we violated our own successful formula. Uh, and that was our sort of ambitious shotgun approach. Now, some of those products that we did hit, that we did try, did work. Um, they weren't supposed to per criteria of a lot of different courses that I've done, but they did. Uh, they hit very nicely and they were in very broad categories. And, you know, we still keep them because they're selling maybe only 10 or 12 or 20 units a day, but we have a lot of products selling 10, 12, 20 units a day. You know, so, and then out of the thousand SKUs, you maybe have like a hundred that are actually selling 10 a day. Right. So that's, so there's something to be said about that, it, but it's a lot of work. And I'd always say the better method after doing that method is definitely get hard hitters, you know, get the ones that you put a lot of love and attention into than going to get just a thousand products and listing them on Amazon and see which one hits. Cause it's actually a little bit harder and a lot more work than you think it will be than just finding one that, you know, wow, this has not been done before. 
And, and do you worry about competition much or like saturation if you're looking at a, a product and you're like, oh, it's just way too competitive or is that something that you feel you have confidence that you can compete and do well in any market? Uh, well, here's my perspective on that. And so, yeah, I mean, I have confidence. I have confidence only because like if you look at, let's say, look at just Amazon for a second. Amazon is essentially Times Square on in springtime, right? Everybody's in Times Square in springtime. It's packed. So if you opened up a, a t-shirt and hat stand in Times Square in springtime, would you really be that worried about another t-shirt and hat stand across the street? Not really. You don't care. So much foot traffic, doesn't matter. Amazon's sort of the same way. So there's so many people that go to visit. There's so many buyers going to visit Amazon. And that's why it's almost like a little bit of a hack for life, I mean, making money, that you could actually really just throw a product on Amazon and it'll make sales. It will always make sales. So how many sales it makes is up to the quality of the product, the niche of the product, the audience of the product, you know, the branding, et cetera, right? So but we've had some horribly designed products that we just really half-assed and threw it on there. And um, and they still sold five or 10 a day, right? So of course they're going to sell. But uh, in terms of competition, there's there's actually more, way more buyers than there are sellers. So I never worry about it too much. What I go for, you know, selling a huge product like combs, you know, like or brushes or like a hair straightener, probably not. Um, because I wouldn't invest my time and money into it. Will it sell? Of course it will. It'll sell probably one a day or two a day. Maybe I can even get it selling 10 or 12 a day. But why put the effort into it when I know if I niche it just a little bit more and make something new, that's going to be the hard hitter. Very cool. So I have a, just a few more questions before we wrap it up. Uh, what do you believe is the potential of Amazon? Like you've been at this for a while. You've seen the growth, right? And also the international growth. But you know, what do, what do you see the direction of Amazon going and just, you, you know, obviously you continue to grow more international or what do you see as the potential? The growth of Amazon or of, of my accounts or of Amazon.com.uk. Yeah, just the opportunity of selling on Amazon and how it grows. I see. Um, I mean, it's an ever – one thing, and here's what I notice with the accounts that I own and operate um, – I noticed that, yes, I put some effort into marketing, um, absolutely. But I noticed that the sort of graph, if you were to look at it, goes with Amazon. So as Amazon's growing, so do my brands. And that's sort of the uh, brilliance of it is Amazon's been growing, you know, huge numbers over their last year, over their last year, over the last year. So if, if you have any brand in Amazon, you're riding the wave. So, I mean, essentially you're going to be growing and growing and growing as Amazon grows. So if you have, it's funny, you can actually, my theory is you can literally have a seller account on Amazon uh, selling 10 units a day and do nothing on it. And you'll watch as it gets up to uh, 12, 15 units a day, 20 throughout the throughout time, just because Amazon's growing with it, right? I mean, obviously you have to keep the listing, you know, optimize, answer customer service and, but not do much marketing at all. And, That'll happen just sort of organically just because the growth of Amazon. So, and they're, they're playing, I mean, they're making huge moves right now. I mean, in the last year alone, the moves they've made um, and their friendliness towards sellers like us is getting more and more and more and more every year. And they're actually becoming more established. So it's actually getting easier and easier and easier. And I've heard this theory from people that it's harder to sell on Amazon. It's oversaturated. 
it's the opposite. It's so much more of an opportunity now. And I've heard some from some of the old timers. I have a good friend of mine who's been selling on Amazon since 1998. And he was like, it's a, it was a nightmare back then. They get shut down five times a week. Like, I mean, not that often, but pretty often. Products unlisted. I mean, they would get over overbilled for things. I mean, they were just weren't established. They were new. They were still trying to figure it all out. Now they've got a lot of stuff figured out. So that's why the opportunity is even bigger today than it was even five years ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, what would what advice would you give to someone that's maybe watching this right now and they want to get started? You know, like they want to start on Amazon. Maybe they're thinking about joining the Amazing Seller Machine. Um, but just any general advice that you'd give someone that wants to get started today? Um, yeah, if you were to get if, so if you were to get started on starting your own business, starting an Amazon account today, I guess the be- best advice I could give you is uh, prepare for a ride, man. And uh, but definitely uh, you've got to really create your branding, and you got to really be interested in all the different parts of the business the business is, you know, has or the different departments of the business. I guess the thing for me that really made me sort of boom the company uh, was being really, really fascinated and interested in it. Like it was more fascinating to me than watching movies or TV or going go-kart racing or going to a theme park. It was like, it's all I wanted to do. It was the funnest thing for me. Now, was it always? No, but I can definitely sort of, you know, create that feeling and get that and whatever. I just sometimes I have to like kind of put it there, put that feeling there a little bit without it necessarily being there organically. But yeah, I mean, that's the best advice is go in there and play. It's your playground now, you know, go crazy and learn everything about it and learn all the different tabs and functions and feature and be apt to learn. And knowledge is one of the most important things in this business. So if you just spend, you can literally spend two months your first two months only learning. And that'd be probably one of the best investments you can make. Even if you didn't do anything, I mean, I would recommend applying as you learn for sure, but just learning and learning and learning and learning will also spike your interest. It'll spike your control of it. And uh, it'll spike your responsibility for a little bit too. So definitely an important uh, thing is knowledge and interest, I'd say is for the first little bit. And would you recommend someone to start with something like Amazing Saw Machine or just try to go about it on their own or what would you recommend? Uh, I'd say I don't know of any other way because that's the way I did it. Um, I actually did try without it uh, for a few days. So I tried to get in there on my Amazon seller account and looking at YouTube videos. And I've heard of people doing it that way. Uh, I, and, I, and the reason why I bought Amazing Selling Machines is because I realized the runway for doing it that way without knowing what questions to ask. Uh, it's going to take a very a lot longer. So my perspective on it was, okay, well, each minute that I don't have that knowledge, I could potentially be losing like two grand a day in sales. So that was kind of my perspective on it. So yeah, I mean, it's the only course out there that actually teaches you to do this kind of stuff. Uh, I can't think of any other one offhand. I've, and I've done a few different courses on different subjects. And the only one that, excuse me, the only one that walks you through every step of it is uh, ASM. And it's not like it's going to teach you everything, but it'll give you a good foundation to build off of. Yeah, very cool. Definitely agree, man. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Love your story. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people today that, you know, were maybe once in your position or they want to get started in this business. So 
thank you again. Really appreciate it, man. And thank you guys for watching this video. If you did enjoy it, hit the thumbs up button, leave a comment below, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Hey, I just want to say thanks again for watching this video. And if you want to get started to build your own online business on Amazon, then I'd love to give you some free video training that I put together that shares with you more about this process and more in-depth, step-by-step, how you can get started to build your own online business on Amazon to create whatever kind of internet lifestyle that you want for yourself. So to get access to this free video training, all you got to do is just go to www dot projectlifemastery.com slash fba okay projectlifemastery.com slash fba fba as in fulfillment by amazon and i also have a link uh, in the description of this video as well that you can click on head on over to that page all you got to do is just put in your name and your email address and then check your email inbox and then right away i'll send you uh, some valuable videos and resources to help you get started learn more about this and guide you in that right direction and then you'll get uh, a few more emails from me uh, over the next few weeks i just don't want to overwhelm you too much right away uh, but i'm not going to spam you or anything like that i want to make sure that i provide some awesome high quality free content that can help you build your own online business on amazon so thanks again for watching and i'll talk to you again soon take care Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.